Hi everyone, I'm Aditi Changani, the host, and I'm on a mission to find your ideal career on Grow Hello listeners, and welcome to another episode of Grow Up. This episode is very special, as I get to have a conversation with a founder and chief executive officer of a tech innovation company. A CEO, the chief executive officer, is the highest ranking executive in a company. They're the ones who manage the overall company by making corporate decisions, driving communication between executive and board members, and being the overall face of the company. Today, we'll be talking to Mr. Steve Teich, who is well-respected in the technology field and the founder of many successful companies, including Tangent Systems, CopyCam, Tabula, and Perceive. Steve is a visionary technologist whose work has impacted industries ranging from software and semiconductors to biotechnology and machine learning. Mr. Steve Tig today is the founder and CEO of Perceive, a company that tackles to improve computer vision through semiconductors. I'm so excited to have Steve here today to talk to him more about his career journey. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and sitting with me to talk a little bit about your career journey with me and my listeners. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Aditi. Happy to be here. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, I give you a very brief introduction. I would love for you to go more in depth, um, telling a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I grew up in New York. I, I, I studied math and then electrical engineering and computer science at Princeton University. And shortly thereafter, I moved to Silicon Valley, where the technical action was, uh, and quickly became a serial entrepreneur. So I've started six companies uh, in my life. I'm currently working at my sixth and, and, and love the idea of trying to change the world with new technologies and by building teams of people to start companies that can make a difference. Thank you. Um, so I've been researching your company, Perceive, and if possible, I would love for you to give us a little bit more explanation of what Perceive really is. I, happy to do it. Um, so um, if you look at something like a camera or a microphone, the camera can see and the microphone can hear, but neither of them understands what it's looking at or what it's listening to. And so it limits how friendly the gadgets you work with can be because they don't understand anything about their environments. We want to fix that. Uh, and the reason the company is called Perceive is we want things that would otherwise see or hear to perceive what's going on around them, to have enough context that you that they really can interact with you in a way that doesn't take your video of your house and send it to somebody's cloud where you don't know what is gonna be done with your private data, but where the gadget itself understands enough that you can actually interact with it to make your experience in working with that gadget that much friendlier and that much better. Wow, that sounds amazing. Um, thank you for giving us a better understanding of what Perceive is. I think that is so interesting how, you know, you're able to store so much information on such a small semiconductor. And so this is a lot in the technology field. I was just curious, when did you know that, you know, technology was a field that you wanted to pursue and ultimately have a career in and be able to start so many amazing companies? Pretty early on, you know, so I started off in college studying mathematics and very theoretical mathematics. And I did a little bit of computer science and stuff as well. But the Apple II, I'm old enough that the Apple II came out when I was a student. And I realized right away that having computing available to everyone was going to change everything. And, and it motivated me to, to uh, take advantage of computing as a way of trying to change everything about the world uh, and, and, and really shifted my own 
focused from pure mathematics into into technology and ultimately into starting companies as well. Yeah, so this is a perfect transition for my next question, which is what really led you to start your own companies? I mean, you could always just work for another company. What really led you to start your own corporation and business? So uh, I, I'm, I've always been led to try to solve problems that interest me and to, and to, to try to make a difference. I'm, I'm very much aware that life is finite and, and, and that I'm not going to be on this earth for very long. Uh, and, and I want to try to make a difference while I'm here. And I want to work with other people who do the same. So, so I've always tried to find some problem that I feel isn't being solved well, where uh, the solution to it matches my particular skills. And, and the easiest way and the most fun way from where I sit to, to try to make a difference there is gather a bunch of smart people, all of whom are motivated to solve the same problem with me, and that together we'll figure it out and go build something that actually makes a difference. Wow, I really love how, you know, what's really led you to start these companies are like the impact that you're able to make on society. And I feel like if everyone thought of that, like, wouldn't this world be such a better place? I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. Um, You've been talking a little bit about your educational background and how math and science courses have really shaped you going into this technology field. Could you talk a little bit about your educational background and why you think core subjects in math and science are so important when it comes to the technology field? So uh, leaving aside how interesting I just find the material to be, I just think math and physics and things like that are just interesting. But I also think that they give one a framework for how to look at all sorts of problems. So even if the problem you're working on isn't itself a physics problem, isn't itself a math problem, the reasoning skills that you develop about how to look at problems in general and the rigor of how to look at problems in an organized and systematic way, that style of thinking applies to everything, whether it's a business problem or a math problem or a computer science problem. So so even for non-technical fields, I think having some level anyway of background in math, maybe not super advanced theoretical math, but some background in math, I think helps you think better and helps you approach whatever problems you're gonna work on. Um, I really like appreciate how you look at all these core subjects in such a positive outlook of how important they are outside of just, you know, solving math and science problems, which kind of leads to my next question is how often do you use physics and calculus in your daily life? In my particular case, all the time. In my particular case, all the time. And I mean, that's not true of everybody in every discipline. But in my particular discipline, where we're, we're doing work with machine learning on the one hand, which is linear algebra and calculus. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we do every day in calculus. Uh, and, and, and designing chips also. Uh, all of those computations involved are physics and calculus and so on. So at least in my particular discipline, I use that stuff every day. <laughs> so in the end, it is important to take those core classes in high school to go into the tech field. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Okay, then. Um, But you've always been kind of on the technical side of things and have the strong uh, background in STEM. What really led you to become chief executive officers of multiple companies? Hmm. Uh, It's hard really for me to say. I think it's that uh, I have always valued autonomy. I, 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 I like the freedom to maneuver the way I like. And if you're going to be uh, a, a very small piece in an enormous company. There's nothing wrong with that, but it means that often what you work on is pretty prescribed for you and you're put in a very particular box. If it's a nice box, 
that can be okay. But I would say, speaking for me as an individual, I like the freedom of trying to create my environment. I, I like the idea in building companies that we're not just building a product, which you get to do in any company, but we're able to build a culture also. So what, what should it feel like to come to my company every day? And, that, and, and, I, and I can only really influence that by starting my own companies and gathering a collection of people and having us together figure out what kind of company do we want? What kinds of people do we want in that company? How should it feel to work here separate from how do we make a good product? That's really interesting to hear how you really focused on, you know, the inner workings of your company and how the communication went between, you know, members and how to make a safe work environment. Now, here's a follow-up question for students like me who are kind of confused where to go into. Let's say they have a very strong love and understanding of science and math, but they're confused if they should pursue a path to become a core engineer or kind of dive into the path that you followed and go into the business side of things? I, I don't think it has to be that much more complicated than finding the intersection of problems that interest you and skills that you have. You know, it, it, it's there, there, there's nothing magical about focusing on the, the physics side of things. The business side is also super interesting and has its own challenging problems. And if you find that it gets you excited to think about, wow, how would I buy and sell companies? How would I take small companies and make bigger ones? How would I market this? How would I brand this? How would I make a commercial for my product? If that turns you on, that's wonderful. If the, how would I make the product work? What are the technical problems? If that's what excites you, that's good too. So I would say just finding a, a way to match something, a problem that excites you with a skill that, that you have uh, should, should pull you into the direction that makes most sense for you. Okay, so that makes a little more sense. And so you kind of mentioned talking about, you know, different skills to identify, to determine which side you want to go into. What are some important skills that are determining factors for either the technology field or the business side? Well, certainly, I think it's very important to know the difference between really understanding something and not. It's, it, 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 that's a rarer skill than you might think, but it's easier to fool yourself into thinking that you know what's going on and know what to do, where you don't really, you don't really have your head around uh, what, uh, what the key issues are going to be. I think rigorous reasoning, challenging yourself, challenging your assumptions, forcing yourself to be great. You, you, you trust your own judgment for what would it take for me to be great at this? and use that critic to look at yourself, to force yourself to, 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 to do a great job, whatever you work on, uh, to, to have that standard of excellence, whether it's business, whether it's technology, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever. Um, it, it, having that inner critic will get you to excel and be great at whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like this skill, being able to know yourself and also being able to be like your greatest self-motivator and critic can be used in really any field? I do think so. I mean, I think it's not that everybody's great at everything, but I basically think that that uh, you can trust your own judgment. If, if you can step outside yourself and say, am, am, I doing, am I doing a great job? Am I great at this? You can trust your own critic to decide, is this the right place for me? Is this a place where, where my assessment of my skills matches the difficulty of this problem? And I think if you're honest with yourself about that, you can find yourself in a place where you do a great job and probably enjoy it also because you're good at it. Wow. Um, I think that's a very different perspective that I never 
thought of to look at things. So thank you for, you know, giving me and my listeners a better perspective to, you know, look at our own lives. Um, And my next question is, what are key skills you look for when you hire someone? Well, certainly I look for people who are smart. I look for people who are motivated, who have some level of, of, of passion. I look for people who are nice. You know, I didn't appreciate that in my early in my career, but as I've gotten older, I've realized you're going to spend a lot of time with these people. Uh, maybe these days it's <laughs> Zoom, but it's still a lot of time with these people. They better be nice. You know, it, it work is a stressful thing, and you and 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 if you're going to sp- hang out with a bunch of people, especially doing something stressful, they should be people you want to hang out with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then finally, going back to the point I was making previously, to me, one of the most important characteristics in an employee is being able to tell the difference between really understanding and not really understanding. Because basically, if I'm going to delegate an important piece of of the work to somebody, I need to trust that either they'll get that work done or they'll they'll ask for help. They'll realize, "Uh uh-oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. Help. And and as long as they know enough to ask for help, it means I can trust them uh, either to get it done or to pull in somebody else if they need help. Uh, To me, that's, that's a super important characteristic feel like that is an issue that like a lot of students have you know even for me like being able to advocate for yourself and speak up when you don't know how to do something and I feel like that should be more normalized if that's a great skill to have and something I plan to also attain. I I completely agree if that just to stay on that for a second I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people are afraid they're going to look stupid if they ask questions asking questions is, is is always the right thing to do don't ever be afraid to, that you'll look dumb by asking questions. That's the only way you're gonna learn. Uh, I ask questions all the time and, and, and getting over fear of looking dumb uh, is, is really important if you're gonna be the best person you can be, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think that's an amazing skill to have and I really hope that I can learn from that. So thank you for that advice and hopefully listeners um, are also learning from that and taking that as this is a skill that we should all you know gain. Um, my next question is that if you could go back in time, would there be anything that you would do differently? Well, there are a hundred things. There are a thousand things I would do differently if I really had a chance to, to, to go back and do things. I, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. But, but, but I would say high on the list for me, and it's hard for me to convey this to you because you don't have the, the work experience yet and so on, is there are people I regret hiring uh, in my past, and there are people I regret not firing in my past as well. Where basically the chemistry of a company is incredibly important, especially a startup. If you're going to start your own company, that culture, that glue, that has everybody really working together, and so on. And sometimes people just don't fit. It's not that they're not smart or whatever. Sometimes the chemistry of how everybody fits together it just isn't working, and and it can really damage a company. Uh, not to pay enough attention to that and not to react by either smoothing out the rough edges or having people leave the company if 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 they're not uh, helping the culture work well. And in my past, I've made not too many, but a few mistakes I definitely regret um, that I would change if I could. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to hear about how the company's chemistry is so important when it comes to really the company itself. Um, this question kind of leads me on to my next question, which is, what is the biggest challenge of being a CEO of a company? Ultimately, at least to me, the biggest challenge is that the decision-making stops with me. So in, you never have enough information to know that you have the right answer. You're always having to 
gamble and, 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 and use your best judgment and use the data that you have. And of course, we try to be as systematic as we can, but you can never be sure. And yet I have tens or hundreds of people who depend on me. And in the case of really big companies, it can be tens of thousands of people that depend on the, on, on the CEO and, and making a mistake can really affect people's lives. And yet you can't have perfect information. So that, so that uncertainty and that responsibility uh, is I think the hardest part of the job. You know, I just wanted to say you have such a positive like attitude about, you know, working on this company, this podcast, your life. And I'm just curious, is there any motto that you go by to really keep this positive attitude throughout stressful times or just, you know, a daily motto that you have? I'm just, I've always been really curious. I've been, I've been curious as a little kid. I'm curious now. Uh, it, it, so so I, I find that energizing every single day that there, there, there are a zillion things that I don't know and don't understand, a zillion things that I see I would like to try to change if only there was time to do it. And, and, and that pulls me forward every day. So yeah, I'm positive because I see this open-ended set of things to go learn about and work on. Uh, um, the reason why I brought this up was just because, I mean, you're... CEO of multiple companies like I cannot imagine how much stress and pressure that you have every single day to you know meet deadlines you know uh, deliver on certain aspects of the company and you've just been so positive about it and taken everything like as a gift and just as a student now the small things just for example taking a test you know not working hard enough or just getting a bad grade I mean I, I get I break down and so it's just like so amazing to see how you've kept such a positive attitude and what what can I keep, you know, going into my future, you know, this is just one test, then it'll be college applications and going into college and then getting my first job and then, you know, it just keeps going on and on. Is there anything that you would recommend to me or really just all the students out there listening of how they can, you know, structure their life to be more positive and more forward looking? I, I do. I think as simple as it sounds, uh, to embrace that you can't change the past, but you totally can change the future, I think is a way to remain positive. Okay, you did badly on a test. And yes, it doesn't feel good, but that test, but you didn't do bad, you didn't do well on the test, it's done. You can't fix it, it's done. However, you have the whole rest of your life and you can influence what happens for the rest of your life. You can choose from where you sit now, what's gonna happen next. And you have much more influence over uh, what is gonna happen next to you than you might realize just choose the choose what happens next and you can make the situation better than it is now well thank you so much for that advice um i mean just talking to you for the last 20 minutes or so has been so refreshing and so like positive that it's made me so excited about my future so i just want to say thank you so much with for just bringing so much happiness to my podcast <laughs> that's very kind of you to say um um, our next question is, what does a day in a life look like for a CEO of a company? And was anything significantly different, especially during the stay-at-home order? Well, I'll answer the second bit first. In my particular case, it's changed surprisingly little that, that, that I work from home. My, my team happens to be spread geographically all over the place. So I, I made the wager on Zoom years ago, long before the pandemic. And, and most of my meetings, almost all of my meetings are in Zoom anyway, where some of the people would be in the office with me back before pandemic, but there would always be people on TV on Zoom also in the other 
geographical sites. So from morning till night, I was in Zoom meetings before. And from morning till night, I'm in Zoom meetings now. It's just now they're from my dining room, whereas before they were from my office. And that's the only the only significant difference really for, for me on, on, on uh, how the pandemic has changed things for me personally. I'm, I'm unusual, I think, in that in, in, in that situation. In terms of what my day looks like, it's a curious thing. And in my, for me personally, a really fun thing about being a CEO that I get to work on so much different stuff. That is that that there are so many issues in the company. There are issues around sales and around marketing and around technology and around customers and around finance. And, and, and I have to be present in different meetings on really different topics. So every day I'll have eight or 10 different meetings with different people on different subjects. And I have to switch contexts to jump into the topic of, of, of this meeting and be able to be present and connect about that. So it's, it's intense, but it's also really fun. Well, that's so nice to hear. Um, our next question is, is there any specific advice you have for students who are still deciding what they want to do in their future? And are there any specific to STEM, technology, or even business? And maybe even starting their own company? The only thing I would say is um, exposing yourself to many different disciplines, to many different ideas, to, to a real, a really wide diversity of stuff will help you find out what resonates with you and what grabs you. And it might be something you anticipated was gonna be exciting. It's possible at, at the age of nine, you already thought you were gonna be a lawyer and, 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 and that's fine. Or it's possible that you'll be totally surprised that you thought you were gonna be a physicist when you were nine. And then when you were 16, you realized, wow, law looks really interesting. Maybe I should think about moving towards, towards being a lawyer as I grow up. This is, so uh, um, that's back to being curious again. Just uh, when I was in college, I took courses on all kinds of crazy stuff. Of course I took computer science and math, but I took courses on all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, from art history to different languages, to music, to uh, philosophy, just to see what's out there, to see what caught my attention. Um, I think that's great advice, you know, just being able to explore and try new things. And that's something that I will definitely keep in mind, you know, going into college and my future. Our last question for today is, what is it about your job that gets you excited to wake up every single morning and do what you do? Uh, wow, lots of things. Uh, I think the, the, the combination of building something I believe in, I think the idea of changing every gadget in the world, if we do this right, every gadget in the world will be smarter in a way it isn't today because of our chips and our software. But also doing that together with a team of wonderful, smart, motivated people, um, th th that we are together building this piece of art, which is the, the company and our products, in a, where no subset of us could possibly do this. It has to be this collection of people all working together with our different skills and our different personalities. I, I, I find it really exciting and, and, and motivating every day to, to build this, this sculpture all together. Thank you so much for sitting with me today and talking to me about your career journey and the, all the steps and skills needed to take to become an amazing CEO of so many different companies. I've learned so much, including, you know, really being able to know who you are and being your own self-motivator, being able to try new things and, and not being afraid to ask questions. 
throughout this podcast, I was just so happy because you've had such a positive attitude going into, you know, working and having so much stress on yourself every single day, but just being able to be so happy about it and so positive and taking every, you know, situation as a gift. And you've talked a lot about, you know, um, how giving back to the society and how your companies have been based off of that. So all in all, I've learned so much and gained so much advice that I'm so excited to carry with me throughout the rest of my life. Um, I hope all the listeners out here learn something new and have really gotten to understand Mr. Steve Teig and his journey and what it takes to become the CEO of so many different successful companies. Thank you so much, Steve, for sitting with me today. I had so much fun and I've learned so much. I'm so grateful that I've gotten to sit with you and really talk with you today. My pleasure, Andy. This was great fun. I'm so happy you enjoyed it. And for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. And anyways, hope you have an amazing day. Until next time. Bye.